0: Friends and professionals, welcome back to another episode of the Modeling Podcast live. Whew, it's good to see you guys. Good to be with you today. This is going to be fun. Uh, as you know, on season four, we are talking to $100 million producers. Uh, I've been on a journey this year taking 28 crazy loan officers on the road to $100 million, And I figured what better way to complement that experience. And you'll we'll get updates on that later that the team's like 20 weeks in. Um, but what better way to kind of uh, compliment what that's going on with bringing on people that have accomplished that massive milestone to fund over $100 million, you have to be an absolute savage and a true professional. Today, Scott Snaps joining us. Let me give you a little bit of background on this guy. This guy's in Finley, Ohio, and I'm just going to put some numbers on the board. In 2021, this guy closed 837 units, 837 units for 140000000 million. I'm going to round up because I'm a good man. Average loan balance. 167,000. So this guy's earning it. This guy's not in Newport Beach or in New York and doing $4 million, you know, high-rise condos. This guy's in Ohio, dominating one of the absolute market share leaders. Now, before you get aggressive with me, 71% purchase last year. 71% purchase. So out there, everyone's crushing it. He did $100 million in purchase alone. This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to see Scott's story, give you some tips and tricks. Buckle up. (laughs) Yes, sir, Scott. Thanks for joining, bro. This to be fun today. I'm looking forward to this, man. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> good to be here. So, dude, first of all, you got, I got to give you a little bit of a props, man. 837 closings, bro. Like, how did did you sleep? Did you eat? Like, how did you survive?
1: I, uh, I you know, I it's amazing how much free time you have when you're, you can still do that if if you got a good team and you're able to delegate that stuff like you do, doing, you can just go out and you know bring it in. But it was it was a great year um I slept I coach I'm I'm super involved in youth sports
0: you know super involved in eating I like to eat out a lot you know so (laughs) well look dude let's let's get a little bit of your background here before we dive in um for the originators watching you know if you have questions live um throw them in there we'll get to them we'll ask Scott what's going on but obviously to accomplish what you've accomplished took a tremendous you know foundation in mortgage lending it doesn't happen overnight and so, Scott, how long have you been in mortgage banking? How'd you find this crazy industry?
1: So, I got into the business, I think it was
0: 1997.
1: Yeah. And uh, I was actually, I ran a sales route for a family business. Believe it or not, I sold barber and beauty supplies. So, yes. I would travel That's around terrific. to hair salons and sell clippers and whatnot and shampoos. And, you know, I had the best looking hair around back then. It's all gone downhill. But uh, I know, bro. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> But I was, uh, you know, and, which is kind of relevant to today's stuff. But I had bought my bought a house and I had got like an eight point three, which I was super proud of back then. And uh, I was trying to refinance because uh, rates had fallen into the sixes, and you know everyone was saying it'll never get lower than this. And uh, every time I called somebody to do this and told them that I was a ten ninety nine sales guy, how oh, we can't help you. So I was frustrated. And I stopped one evening as I was coming through Finley, Ohio on a sales route, talking to a financial buddy of mine, a financial advisor, and was venting that I can't even get anybody to pull my credit. You know, as soon as I tell them I'm like basically self employed, they don't want to even talk to me. And mm. he shared a space with a little mortgage broker and he took me back to me, He says, Let me introduce you to this guy. And uh, first thing I said was, Well, before we get started, I want you to know I'm self employed. And he genuinely looked at me with this look like, Yeah, so am I. Who cares? You know <laughs> and the next day i was approved it was an easy process and uh you know i said hey you know jeff i said I, I, I got all my friends are like this too i'll send you a ton of business he says why don't you start doing it so i thought hey why not do a little side gig Yeah, you know? i'll do something well, yeah something to do so i uh got i did my first and this is you know this goes back i mean we didn't have you know we didn't do stuff with electronic signatures you know i I'm driving out to their house with a packet of papers to go through. My training was simply that I had been through my own refinance. So I had seen him one time go through these docs, right? Entire, that was my entire training. Out to this lady's house, I went and uh, she decided to go with me. Uh, we closed the loan and, and she, it was in my blood right then. So I, it was like, I'm going to say two weeks later, I called my dad, ran the family business, and I said, uh, giving you my two year notice. I'm going to take two years to build up my pipeline in the mortgage business. And then I'm leaving the family business and I'm going full-time mortgages. And, yes. Uh, and I nailed it, right? You know, January 1, two years later, I uh, I got, I went all mortgages and uh, never looked back.
0: So do you remember, Scott, like that first year of you originating what you did, like full-time the first year?
1: I don't recall back. I mean, of course, that was, you know, that was back in the wild, wild west too, so. Oh yeah, and we did a lot of units back then because I mean, there was it was really hard to turn somebody down back then. I know it was a program for everybody, right? I mean, if you had a pulse, you could get a house. Um, and then the collapse happened, and uh, our little broker shop was down to just the two of us at that point. And you know, next thing you know, Wells Fargo came in and hung a shingle on the on the on the wall, and I never even changed my desk. It just they changed the sign and spent ten years on the stagecoach drinking the Kool Aid. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then made the big leap.
0: So, when when did you make the big leap? How, how long ago? Do you remember? Um, 2018. I came yeah. over oh, sometime in April,
1: I think, of 2018.
0: Yeah, that was a rough year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, well, I came over. I closed my first loan here in May that year, and uh, and ended up making chairman's elite that year. Um, so I finished out the year. Got you know, got I think it was 100 units. Got my 100 units in. You know, yeah, um, and. Uh, And then, you know, 19 was the first full year here and that was really a, that was really a breakthrough year right there.
0: Well, I want to go back a little bit, Scott, before we talk about how you really crushed out in 2019 and all that fun stuff. Um, What was your strategy to get loans in the beginning? What were you doing every day? Were you out hunting realtors? What was it like?
1: Well, no, actually, you know, so I had this sales route and that's what I knew. So, you know, on certain days of the week, I was in a certain town. That's how I, you know, I call it shops and whatnot. So I kind of did the same thing. When I started calling Realtors, I ran a sales route, you know. So, for example, on Thursdays, I'm going to Kenton, Ohio and stopping in on Realtors. And uh, you hear a lot of no's. No, we got a lender. No, no, thanks. Um, But I knew if I just kept showing up every, you know, every Thursday, I'm going to come in there and talk to them a little bit and just shake some hands. You know, eventually the others wouldn't. They'll stop. They'll get complacent and I'll still be coming in. Eventually I'll get their business. And I, I did that for years, just, you know, every
0: week. Just building it that way, building trust. You know, it's it's crazy how many people need to hear that right now in this market. I mean, I know there's a tangent to what's going on today, but it's obviously a compressed market. The refi boom of, you know, all time is kind of done. And I, I've been talking to a lot of originators, and and sadly, they've forgotten that the things they did to grow their business, exactly like you're describing right now, um, they're not doing today. So, I mean, who are you just... Were you just every Thursday? Were there other days on your milk route? Like, you no, know, there were other
1: days. Every day was a different, like, so, you know, Finley, Ohio is not a huge town, guys. So <laughs> if we have a population of 40,000. There's like four real estate offices here. Okay. I can hit all of them. You know, they're on the same street. You know, I can hit them all real quick. So, you know, a Tuesday might have been, hey, I'm going to hit all the Finley offices. You know, I'm going to go hit the Tiffin offices, which is 20 minutes away. I'm going to go hit Canton, that's 30 minutes away. I'll go hit Lima. You know, and I, each day was a different you know, it was a different sales route that I ran, you know, and and ran into different agents along the way. So.
0: So I I just want to highlight that and then I have some questions. So is it fair to say that pretty much every single day you were out prospecting agents in the, in the build time of your business, you were out. Yeah. So just for a loan officer sitting here, like, what do I do every day? Go out and meet agents. (laughs) Let's just start there for a second. So did you just go into offices cold? Like you just walk in there like, Hey, I'm Scott. What's up?
1: Yeah. And you gotta understand back then. So when I started at this little broker shop, they didn't have a logo. They didn't have a you know. I I created a business card and put a house logo on it or some stupid thing I designed to so get me a business card. Right? I had nothing, you know. So and as we grew that, and I would I'd have loan officers that came to work for us and they'd say, you know, well I can't go out and call on shops till I get my business cards. And I would just laugh. I'm like, man, I used to draw my stuff on a piece of paper. You know? Are you kidding me? You know. Um, Go, go say hi introduce yourself people you know just be yourself people will like you but yeah you just gotta go out there and keep hitting it and, and uh it's funny how over the years I've seen people come and go and you know and you're still here you know yep
0: well so Scott what was your what was your strategy what was your tactic what would you say when you walk in there
1: um the biggest thing was just be myself walk in just introduce who I was and hey I'm you know I'm new to the business but this brokerage shop up here and we got a bunch of programs and like to get to know you and then usually just get off topic and get you know quiz them get them talking about themselves yep. um because everybody's got programs especially back then everybody had programs you know but if we could just get them talking about themselves and kind of become friends with them
0: you know, it's easier they want to do business with people they like how many times do you think you had to meet somebody before you started to like build some kind of level basics of a rapport with them
1: Man, there was there was a couple. Um, I remember one realtor in particular that she was a she was a tough cookie, and uh, it took a year That's yes. a year of hearing no every week. That's fifty two trips to her shop where she was a hardcore no, and she wasn't nice about it. You know, <laughs> uh, you're never going to get my business. And uh, okay, I'll see you next week. <laughs> and then uh, eventually, you know, and one of the other things that I used to do back then is I would also. You know, I've always been pretty good at prospecting and turning one little customer into a couple other referrals. So I would walk in there and, and I used to joke that, you know, loan officers would show up and have cookies and donuts, And I yes. showed up with pre-approved borrowers, you know, and, uh, you know, I'd come in with a dozen pre-approved borrowers that needed a realtor for that area. You know, so I started giving her these, you know, well, I know you're not going to give me any business, but I've got this couple here that really needs a good realtor. And I know you're one of the best. And I, I, I to this day swear the reason she finally gave me one to try was because she felt guilty. You know, I had given good. her so many that she finally said, I've got to give this guy something, you know, and uh, she threw me one and it became one of my best referral partners. Now, she's retired now, but, you know, um, but that was a year, you know, I used to, you know, and people said, why do you keep going back there? I'm going to get one from her. You know, yep. I'm going to build a relationship
0: with her. So I have to ask, because you said something that I think other loan officers immediately would discredit, but you said I was good at getting borrowers to turn into new borrowers and you, would, you had mm-hmm. pre-calls to get out. Mm-hmm. Let's let's unpack that for somebody. How would you do that? Because that that to any loan officer is the golden egg, yeah. and they're like, "Well, Scott, you know, how did you freaking do that?"
1: So there, and I, this goes back way back to some training I had before I was even in the mortgage business. But the number one reason you don't get referrals from people, and it's as really easy as you don't ask. People are scared to ask, so I try to ask often. You know, I'm going to ask him up front. You know, as soon as they're excited, as soon as I as soon as I feel they've bonded with me. Um, you know, I'm asking them throughout the process and I ask him at closing, you know, I, I, just had one the other day that was a little bit, it was a tough one. We got through it. The guy's super appreciative, gives me a hug and he's like, man, I feel like I should get you a gift card. I said, I don't need a gift card. I said, but you just tell all your friends, you know, send them all over, you know, I've already gotten two, you know, that was two days ago. So he's out there telling everybody, but if I, if I
0: hadn't have asked, I don't know, I would've got him. So, uh, And what's your, I what's your normal asked. way of asking? What's your normal question? What do you, what do you say when you ask?
1: Um, I just basically, hey, you know, always get them when they're excited, you know, just say, yep. hey, by the way, if, if you've got any friends or coworkers or anybody that you're working with or that you're talking to that uh, you work with, that are, you know, are thinking about getting into home buying, send them my way, would you? And they're always like, yeah, and I'll give them a couple extra cards and I'll pass these things out. You know, I even my, my thank you cards I send out post closing that we do um, the tan written in there, you know, by the way, you know, if you know anybody, here's a couple extra cards.
0: You know, we love referrals, we pass them out. We get a lot of business that way. hundred percent, dude. Well, so, so let me ask you this then. Um, did do you have a moment in your career where you feel like you had a breakthrough where you, were you cre- cre- crested into another level of production or, or another way to ask that is, you know, a lot of monsters have limiting beliefs. They're stuck at a certain level of production. How did you break through to this level of production along the way? So
1: I think there was two, there's probably two moments I can think of because I, you know, I know what, and we're not going back that far. I mean, um, you know, I was at Wells and I was a top producer and I was going to the president's club. And I remember being at one of them and I did everything myself back then. It was just me. I was a one man team. I did it all. Okay. I didn't, I'm not saying I did it all well, but I did it all. Okay? How, how many units would you close about just yourself? Um, um, I think my best year there was a couple hundred. Um, just a couple hundred. Yeah, just a couple hundred, you know, Bro. and uh, you know, but I was doing it all. I mean, so you got to understand my day back then. I mean, I was so stressed out. as. Yeah, you know, I roll into the office about six thirty, seven in the morning. Yeah, I, you know, I would leave to go if I had meetings with realtors or whatnot. I run back in because I, you know, I got some loans. I got to get them entered. You know, we didn't have online applications back there, so it wasn't like you yep. could direct them, hand hand enter them all. About midnight, I would go home. It was insane by the time I got everything done. You know, and somewhere yeah. in between there, you're fighting to get the loans done. Um, and I was at a, I was talking to a coworker who was killing me in production. And I said, walk me through your day. How are you doing these units? And it blew my mind that his day started out, you know, about 10 a.m. He went and hung out with his buddies at the boat club and, he, and all this stuff. I mean, How's that work? So he said, you got to let go. if You're going to grow. Said, okay. Um, so shortly thereafter, I reluctantly hired an assistant. And that was my first assistant. And, um, you know, her entire mortgage experience was much like mine. She had, you know, I, she was a customer. She came from <laughs> Ottawa. And, you uh, You know, so I'm like, you know, basically the interview was, can you spell mortgage? All right. We can teach you from there. Yeah, there's a T in there. (laughs) That's right. Get the silent T. And uh, so, and then I started teaching her to kind of take things over, got to entry some stuff, you know, taking an application, how to calculate some income and and release a little more of that stuff to her so that I could just go out and bring in business, you know, and I knew that she was back here behind the scenes, getting things set up and ran for me. So it was just the two of us. The second, that was a big breakthrough because that freed me up so much time, you know, that I could... Yeah, to do what I wanted to do, um, but honestly, the, the next thing that happened, which was really my mind, it just blows my mind. You know, I got ready to leave, and when I left Wells, and I was super stressed out. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, you know, I had a great year. I mean, I just my, I made a quarter million dollars, amazing income, right? And here I'm going to leave it. And I called my dad, who's always been kind of a good business mentor for me. I said, Dad, I said, I think I'm going to walk away from a quarter million dollar year job, talk me off this ledge. And he says, Do it. That blew me away. I'm like, I didn't expect that. He says, "You're going to die. You're so stressed out over there." Oh. And you know. And I'm like, "Wow, okay." So, I uh, I left. I came to Lone Depot, and uh, the change in the culture here enabled me to just be me and yeah. go out and, you know, it, it was a totally different culture here, where you know every loan wasn't a fight. It was yeah. all of us fighting to get the customer into the house, and I felt like it became a team from underwriting we're all one team processing underwriting it became one team it wasn't us and them anymore and uh that was that just changed everything as far as what we you know what i could do and what happened to the loan when it came in i didn't have to sit here and try to fight it through and, and we just make it made sense decisions
0: so by the way andy says uh the, the finley team says hi and then she over here is cheering on the flyover country let's go so that's the scores on youtube so I've got, I've got
1: andy's out with a team right now playing in a in a charity scramble with the ymca that we sponsored today so nice so they are play a little golf or a little euchre so hopefully they come back with some uh with some victories
0: so let me let, let's go here for a second i want to talk about team i want to talk about culture uh you, you know you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast you know you've got a lot of freedom you're coaching you're doing stuff outside you're not you're not just at your desk like a chained victim um Talk about your team a little bit. How did you, you mentioned that your first assistant, by the way, had no mortgage experience, which I loved right. hearing. You brought somebody in and, and built it. You know, when you look at your team, what's important to you? How do you make hiring decisions? Um, what are the character types, characteristics of the people you, you want to employ? Break that down a little bit. Um,
1: You know, I'm, I always describe myself as old school loyal. So, you know, I'm not Italian, but I have that kind of Italian mafioso loyalty thing. So, That means a lot to me. I mean, you know, Che that you just mentioned, I think he was the first team loan officer that came along after we came to Lone Depot. And he had been in the business, but he had kind of been out of the business at the same time and was behind the scenes and um he got referred over and we talked and you know, he he didn't have a pipeline, but you know, it was something about him that said, Man, I think this guy got it, you know. So, you know, I took a took a chance and brought him in and uh we just opened up his his little office twenty minutes up the road in Bowling Green, and he's kind of running that market for us for the closing of the snap team. Um, and he's killing it, you know. And, and and it's all been that way. I mean, each assistant that I have brought on, I've got one assistant that actually had mortgage experience. I think when we when we brought her on, um, <laughs> the rest came from other other you know other directions. And we just taught them, and they've become rock stars. And it's been great. And then I just recently added another um, team loan consultant who came from the banking side of her. So as you know, we're beating the bank out of her a little bit, but she's, you know, she's doing great. She's growing another area for us right now. So
0: Yeah. So what does your team look like today? Um, who? How many people do you have working on your personal production? And then how many junior, junior LOs do you have? So I've got, um,
1: what, two junior LOs. I got an LS loan specialist um, yep. that originates and does some other things for us. And then, you know, my original assistant, Mariah, that I mentioned, um, she is now in LS as well. I just recently promoted her up. She still has the same role, but she now she brings in a lot of business too. And this great gives her the ability to do some of the more you know the origination yeah. side of it. Um, and then I have Megan and Jamie, who are both assistants, and uh, they help track down conditions. They take the customer from approval to the finish line for me. You know, so I basically, uh, as I tell my loan officers and the team, I said, "What we need to do is originate and put out fires. That's <laughs> our job, right?" <laughs> We're firefighters and originators, so, you know, bring in the business, structure a good file, and uh, we'll,
0: they'll call you if we have a fire to put out, and, and that works. So, Scott, what does originating and prospecting look like for you today after you built such a reputation in your community? What does the day-to-day look like? Um,
1: totally different than it used to, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's no longer, you know, going on those weekly sales routes anymore. We built a, re- a great reputation. I do a lot of my prospecting now through social media. Yeah, um, you know we've picked up. You know, one of the things I did when I came to Lone Depot that we couldn't—you know—we were a little restrictive before, but we came to Lone Depot, and I'm searching through the Lone Depot store, and I see this key, this closing key, right? And I, don't, oh, I got an idea. It's a dumb idea, but I think it'll work. So I got—I bought this key, and in downtown Philly, all the title companies all are on the Main Street. Yep. So here's me parking on Main Street, walking from title company to title company at closings, carrying a key. Okay. So I was kind of like the I don't know if you guys have Liberty Tax Service or any of those people that stand out and spend their taxes during tax season. No, that's what I felt like, you know, kind of out of my element, walking down Main Street with this key. Shy key. Uh, and it, it started to catch on, you know, and it, and it caught on in a few ways. You know, the competitors started to get a little bit irritated about it because they got tired of seeing this key on social media all the time. I had customers that would, hey, you're going to come to closing and bring the key, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. You know, because they wanted their picture with the key because they saw their friends on there. But more than that, though, I, you know, there were times I would be sitting at a restaurant and I'd look over and there's a table over there and they're all pointing at me and looking. And finally, one of them would come over, and, hey, aren't you the mortgage guy that walks around with the key? Yes, I am. And, you know, you get in next thing, you know, well, I need to talk to you. And so that took off to the point that now we have keys, you know, the, we have keys at all the title companies stored now. All right. so that everybody has their keys there. Um, if we can't attend, we have customers come to us with a key, but it was just stepping out of the box there. Um, that really opened up and, and really helped this brand and and you know kind of dominate this market a little bit. It's something silly, and I sure felt stupid because I came from the suit and tie world, right? Yeah, uh, Wells Fargo, I got I've worn a tie since I left, by the way. I got a drawer full of ties. I, I swear, I'll never wear them again. And uh, I'm walking around with this key, doing this stuff, and it was fantastic. So a lot of it today, you know, um, I like, I like, I like to get in on new realtors. I think that's cool um, to be able to get in and, and help them, you know, grow their business from the financing side of it, so they learn the right things. But you know, I'm not out necessarily running sales calls anymore. So you know, which is you know, that's a double-edged sword. Um, yeah. You know, new people come in and they go, "Well, man, it sure looks easy to do what he does." you know. He comes in. He gets a coffee. He closes a couple of loans. You know, and,
0: yeah, uh, but you gotta you gotta put the work in. By the way, so I want to ask you this question. I want I want I want to show this to for everybody. By the way, I'm going to share something on the screen here. Uh, I found a, a key you posted yesterday. Bang! Yeah. Look at that thing. There it is. There's the key. This was yesterday. 42 likes. Uh, 10 comments already. So Scott, do you go to how how many closings do you go to?
1: I try to hit all of them. OK, if I can't, one of my team members will usually try to get there. So in case I can't, you know, we have keys like there are a lot of times I can't get down to Lima, Ohio. It's a 45 minute drive. I do a lot of business here, but I have keys down there to the title company. So I've got the, they're taking
0: pictures and sending them up for us so that we can uh, so we can get them posted. I just I love that. And and so I, how important is it to you to go to closings and why do you do it? You're, you're you close 800 deals i mean how do you get to every closing yeah. that's a big thing but like why do you do that
1: um i think it's important especially in this day and age sometimes you're not really meeting the customer face-to-face till they're closing you know so it's a good yeah. opportunity to actually meet them you know shake hands um, let them really put a human side to you at this point and most importantly it's a fantastic time to ask for referrals you know <laughs> <If> you're not <laughs> there you're not going to ask for referrals Okay, back
0: to your tried and true yeah. method man back right. to your tried and true blocking right. and tackling. Yeah. Got to ask. That's right. So how are you dealing with this, uh, this crazy market this year so far? Um, you know, obviously there's inventory issues. I'm, I'm, I'm sure your market is impacted like everybody's. How, how are you and your team? You know, what's your mindset right now?
1: So, you know, I was telling somebody the other day that, you know, you, you really got to filter the noise right now because there's, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloomers out there. And uh, and there will be some folks that you know don't survive these markets. I've been through a few of these ups and downs. This is a little bit unique. I mean, you know, I'm looking at the numbers. We have the same applications coming in. I mean, people are people are applying. We have the same pre-approvals happening, you know, but you, know, you got 140 people bidding on the four homes that are out there it makes it a little bit tough. But yeah, you know, the tide will turn. So, you know, I just tell people just keep doing what you're doing and remember that you know, you know, bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years, they happen between your right and your left ear, right? Builder, that stuff. Don't turn on the news and start like hearing about how bad it is. You know, focus on the ones that are out there. This is a great time to build market share. You know, because um, you got to think about it like this. I mean, there's less houses to sell, so those transactions are even more important to your partners, um, to your realtor partners out there. They they want to yeah. make sure they've got it. You know, all right, I'm taking this approval. Man, I, mean, I, I got to make sure this one makes the finish line because, geez, there's only six houses on the market, right? So I got everyone counts. That gives us a leg up. Or we can go out there and you know take the risk out of it for them because we built that reputation. That you know, I had a realtor one time say, I love this quote. He he had he was the listing side, and one of my buyers put an offer in, had my letter, and we were competing against a cash offer. We were five grand higher than the cash offer, and the seller says to the agent, um, "I think we should take cash." And the realtor says, "That letter from Snap, that's just like cash. Let's take it." And we got the we won the offer because our reputation was we'll close it. You might as well get the extra five grand, and we did. You Which know. is kind you of know, cool to
0: have that reputation. I was yeah, I was just gonna say, Scott, that that to me is is the the epitome of why local wins. Yeah, you know, um, over cash, over a, over a, over an internet lender. You know, local when you have that reputation that Scott's built over the years, when when an agent in the market will say that's as good as cash because it has the Snap brand on it, is exactly why Local wins, dude. That's a great, a great story on how, how the world's turning. So can I, I, I wanna go back a little bit in time and, and ask this kind of question, because I want people to understand your mindset, how you think and how you view the world. Um, what makes you stay in this crazy industry? And, and the reason I frame it that way is, you mentioned people are gonna be leaving this year and they should, and that's, that's a natural thing. Because um, this is when the you know the winners win, and this is when it gets hard. Yep. But like what, what what's what's inside you? Why do you stay in this game?
1: You know there there's something so satisfying about that customer that comes in, and maybe you know they're good people, but something bad happened to them, and and they're they're getting over that hump, and you know life's kicked them a few times, and you're able to coach them up, get them to the finish line, and. Restore a dream that they maybe once had that they don't have anymore. Now they own a home. There's just something about that that goes beyond you know, any money they can pay you. Um, that joy, you know, I mean, that, that key picture you just posted, you know, that was one of the best. That guy's the reason I do this right there. I mean, there's a guy that, you know, I went through a few things. He's a good guy, you know, and, and we had to come up, get over some hurdles to make this happen. And I'm convinced we couldn't, have, there's nowhere else we could have got over those hurdles in here. And, uh, and to see his, you know, his happiness at closing—that was that's why I do it. Right there, to see
0: that. Yeah, I love it, man. I talk to great producers. You know, it's the the, the accomplishment, the, the the doing the the numbers, the recognition, the compensation. You know, it's all, it's all a part of it. Um, but man, it's really the human factor that that drives yeah. great originators, Scott. So it's it's thanks for sharing your heart on that. It's fun to it's fun to hear that. Uh, what advice do you have for new originators right now that are that are struggling or any originator that wants to get to 100 million um, based on your experience and years in the business what would you tell them right now
1: um you know there, there's enough business to go around so you know a couple of things that I've always said is number one I see people sometimes and they're so focused on their income versus their outcome you know their outgoing so yep. you know I tell them all the time don't worry about your income you know, worry about making sure everybody else is taken care of. And you know, the money always take care of itself for you. You'll look back and you're like, man, that's amazing. I made a lot of money, you know. Um, so I've had people ask me before. I'm in the middle of a good month and they'll say, hey, Scott how much are you going to make this month? I don't know. I have no idea. But I know what my team's going to make. And I can, I can rattle it off like this, right? Because that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. It's like, hey, we had a slow week. You know, I hope they're okay. And then, you know, yeah, we're fine. Um, so I focus on that focus, you know, and, and everyone should when they come into this, don't come into this because it's something that, you know, you can make a ton of money out of if you, if you get there, right? You know, if you're going to get there, you got to forget about the money and just do the right things. You know, your job is, is great. I mean, you're, you're giving people the American dream. You're, you're putting them in houses. And I said a long time ago, we're no different than the guy that's it, on the assembly line at the factory. His job is to make widgets. Our widget is making a homeowner and do it every day. Stick it out. Stay positive. Don't get, you know, get yourself a couple of good referral partners, whether it's realtors, financial advisors, ask your customers for referrals. If they closed with you, they're typically very happy and they love you. Ask
0: and you will receive, you know, and don't be
1: me, to follow up and ask again, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me go deeper on the ask, because I think you, I know you're 100 percent right. People don't ask. Right. So so I know that that's a truth um, in our business. And uh, but like. How much business do you think you get from asking customers for other referrals?
1: Um, I remember, just to give you an idea, I remember we we had a 45-day window where we had 11 customers, like it was in the pipeline with the same last name, all related, all coming from asking, just like that in, in the same period of time. So I don't know if I can put a percentage on it off the top, but you know, you, if you go through and were to look at my customer list, there's just a ton of people that are related to people. So um and it, you know so one of the things i love about that is you know hey i've got somebody else feed me business but then that gives me the ability to go out and help somebody else right because i can hand this person off get them all ready to go hand them off to a realtor that's the their goals you know and it, you're all working as a team you know so your your job is to help everybody else hit their goals your goals will then be fine
0: So Quaylen put on on LinkedIn. This guy is great. He's focused from the inside out. And yeah, you can totally tell, Scott, that you've got a good core. You understand what you're about. You got good balance. Um, But, you know, you're also a fierce competitor. You also like to win. I can tell because, you know, you're just that's the results speak for themselves. So for the next little session here, before we kind of close out, um, I want to hear some stories. So you told a really good one about the gal that took a year to get her business. And you just okay. I'll see you next Thursday. And just kept showing up. What else do you remember from like your earlier mid time originating? Like, what what are those stories do you have that are funny about going out there and making ha- making it happen? You know, you know,
1: sometimes it was tough to even get past the receptionist. Uh, yeah,
0: let's it, talk about that. How do you do it? Because they have they have a non solicit at these places. A big sign. Yeah. Is you don't get to come in here. Yeah. And How'd you and, do you it?
1: Know, I, you know, I would just become friends with the receptionist. You know, I mean, it was you know just. <laughs> every week and we got to be pretty close to the point where you know like hey you know so who's the top producer around here And you know what do you, you know learn about them? what are they like you know oh they're a golfer oh okay might show up with some you know, hey i got some passes to go golfing you know pass these out to some of your people and whatever you had to do to get in the door so sometimes it was tough but you know some of them were super receptive um you know a lot of them are still customers to this day that's you know, and that's always a tell too. I think you know when when the when your realtors go from you you turned that corner when they go from I'm trying to get some business from you to now I'm doing your personal loans. You know, you you hit that trust point where you know that you can do it. Um, you know, something else I always I would tell people too, and I try to do this, and I tell the realtors this too that there's enough business to go around. You know, I'd like to be their go-to. I like to be their encyclopedia. So I always tell them, man, if you've got if you're stumped on something and you can't get their lender on the phone you'll get me on the phone and you know, I'll answer it for you. I'm not trying to take their business cause there's enough to go around, but I'll answer the question for you. Let me be your, and that works great. Cause you know, they start realizing, oh, man, you have that knowledge and they'll switch over. But I don't know. You know, the yep. story back then was just, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, Scott, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, you know, it, obviously when you approach an agent that they think you're coming to hit on them, they think you're trying yeah. to, you know, get something from them. And, and your position of look, I'm just here to be a resource. I'm here. I'm not trying to steal anybody's business. I, I kind of that abundance versus scarcity mindset. And, you know, you sit in there and you, and they realize over time that you're just a good dude trying to help people out, trying to, yeah. you know, educate and serve. And, you know, I can clearly see how that would sort of build in relationships, build trust, break down the the wall. Um, But I I do. I, I want to hear. I know there's a story about a receptionist that you had to befriend and get through. I know yeah. there's a gal that you can picture who would just be like, get out of here. you can't come in because like, look, let me let me share a little bit of my, my story here. Okay. Um, I, I had the same path, except I, I was I, I was told you can't go into offices. So I never even tried. I, so I went to broker previews and open houses and tried to find them in the wild. Right. But but right. so I really want to hear how you would get past the receptionist who would be like, you cannot come in here. You are a mortgage guy. Get out of here
1: um a lot of times i would bypass and and, and get a hold of the uh realtor themselves you know hey you know i've got something i'm going to show you or a product or something can i take you to lunch and yep. if you could just get in with one of them you could get past because the receptionists sometimes they're trained that it doesn't matter you come into the bar they don't care
0: you know yeah they're like no you can't go, go in there
1: you had to kind of circle around maybe i had a customer that knew somebody um uh, you know i mean i there was a realtor back in the day that uh I called on, I was trying to get into this one office and I, and I just could not get in. And I ran into this guy and I recognized him. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Tim. That's, that's one of the guys I need to get to. So I walked yeah. up and, and he was super receptive and I started to talk to him a little bit. And it's kind of a strange story, but, you know, after we started doing business for a little bit, I learned through a, a cousin of mine that I have some Shawnee Indian background that I didn't know about. And I was sharing that with Tim one day. He goes, I knew that. That's why I did business with him. I'm like what? You know, so he was Native American in background. He said, "I sensed that about you." Whether he did or not, I don't know. He's—I can't believe you didn't know that. It was kind of an odd thing, but that's how I got into him because he recognized that. I don't know, strange. So I don't know that I remember any crazy stories. That was kind of an odd one, but it was uh, still stays with me to this
0: day. Well, I mean, Scott, my favorite thing about our conversation so far, and Zach put it in the comments, is just your commitment to the basics—from the milk run, um, from hitting the uh, asking for business. Uh, all those things are extremely fundamental. Um, and so clearly it's what built your foundation. It built your reputation. And so I kind of want to end with this, with, with, with and, and going to closings, by the way, is just an, an unbelievable fundamental, especially because you can ask for business on, on, on the lever up stuff there. So here's kind of where I want to end, you know, obviously COVID hit our world. It, it obviously made a wonderful mortgage interest rate environment, but it also forced us into new things. Talk to everybody. Share your your experience or your personal um, decision into getting into social media, and what did that mean? And wh- did you think it was? Did you did Were you down on it before? And now you you know what was the process of how social media became part of your strategy?
1: I don't know that I was down on it, I and mean, we were very restricted before I came to Lone Depot. So it was yeah. really neat to see how hey, not only was it, cash we encouraged it, you know, and they're, man, I can watch these videos and learn things about it. So. It was just to me. It was a it was a massive way to to touch a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of stuff in the community, so you know, I'm very involved in youth sports. So I had that going on anyway. So locally, you know, locally, if you go to any of the ball fields here in town, you know, I've now got center field fences have the Lone Depot deed that says home means everything. And yep. So we kind of marketed that way and soccer tournaments and softball and you know, and I have people come to me all the time about this stuff and you know, hey, we, you know, have you ever sponsored soccer? You no, know? why not? You never asked. know ask me you know i'll do it and so we're super involved in doing that stuff so the social media aspect made it a bigger reach you know i could touch so many more people and i could branch out a little bit you know outside of just the local community i could get into some of the surrounding communities it's a million touches i love it when people say oh i know who you are because i see you all over social media every time i tune in there you are you know yep you know what i may never do business with them but they know i'm the mortgage guy and someday somebody might tell them I'm looking for a mortgage and they go, you know what? There's this guy I see him on Facebook all the time. You got to call me and that happens. So
0: hundred percent dude. Well, let me, let me go back to my final question here on this uh, hundred million thing. What, what do you think is the most important thing for somebody if they want to become a hundred million dollar producer? What's, what would you say is one of the, and, and you can give more than one, but you know, if you had to drill it down, what do you think is the most important thing someone needs to do? Um, you know, don't be
1: afraid. This is important. Don't be afraid to give bad news. I think you know you get respect from the realtors that way. Don't put yep. it off. If there's a if there's a fire, let them know there's a fire early. Yep. Okay. Um, pre put a good file together. Don't just throw things at the wall and blame your processor if it doesn't happen. All right. Um, talk, communicate. You've got to be a communicator. Don't go into a shell. Um, you've got a problem file. I see this so many times from loan officers. You know they got a file that there's a multiple fires on it, and they just go dark. The file goes into a desk drawer. They don't return emails, calls on this file. And if, it, if I just ignore this long enough, it'll go away. If it doesn't go away, you know, pick the phone up early, let them know so you can solve it. Um, be persistent, you know, keep keep hitting the street and talking to those agents. There's a lot of realtors. There's a lot of young realtors that just got into this business in the last couple of years, much like there were loan officers. So 100%. This is a, this is going to be a turning year for them. You might be the reason they survive. You know, if you can go out there and two of you can partner together and start doing some stuff, you might be the reason that they get over the hump and they're not doing something else next year. You know, so take them by the hand, coach them, go do some open houses, get out from behind your desk, especially when you're starting out, you know, um, communicate with your team, never blame somebody else. I mean, do people on my team make mistakes? Absolutely. But you won't find anybody, anybody out there, realtor anyways. Who doesn't think my team's perfect they know i make mistakes because, you know, <laughs> my team makes a mistake i made a mistake they don't right. Right? you know they're, they're immortal behind me you know so and, and that's the way it's looked at so so own your mistakes be persistent get yourself a couple of new realtors that are just got into the business in the last two years because it was a great time to get in right and now they're scared you know now they're scared you know, so so and be positive because it's, you know, don't get caught in the misery when you're talking to them because they're scared. Right. So yes. they're they're sitting there. Oh, did you see what I saw in the news that the market's doing this? Da, da, da. No, 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 no. We're not going to listen to that. You know, No, I met a guy one time that became a millionaire during the Great Depression, selling vacuum cleaners door to door. He quit his teaching job. Okay. True story. Jv Sanders was his name. And uh, I got to have breakfast. When I said, Jv, how in the world did you make? all your money selling vacuum cleaners in the great depression. And this has stuck with me for years. He said, I just chose not to participate in the great depression. And I've used that for years with people, you know, when they ask me, how'd you get through that? Well, I just chose not to participate. So
0: That's, that's the best advice to give to somebody right now in this market too. I'm just not participating. Yeah. I'm going to have the yeah. year I choose. That's right. Scott, thank you, my friend for jumping in here, dude. Thank you for sharing the wisdom and just the, the classics and the basics. Um, if I could give anybody any advice from everything I've heard Scott say, it's ask for the freaking business. Get out there and ask Dude. for the business. Stay consistent, stay humble. Scott, thank you, bro. You're amazing. Uh, I really appreciate Thanks your time. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of the Modern Learning Podcast. Appreciate y'all. Have a wonderful day. See you on the internet.